Hey there, I'm Tatsu. And I'm Jeff. And this is Button Downs and Basketball Shorts. Where we buck the fear-based narrative and explore topics in a fun and unique way. All in service of personal growth. Welcome to Button Downs and Basketball Shorts. I'm your co-host Tatsu. And I'm Jeff. This week, we're going to be talk be talking about some terms that are thrown around a lot these days, especially these days. Um, and I think we all recognize the importance of them. Uh, we're going to go a little deeper, though. So what are we talking about today, Jeff? Goals and vision. That's right. That's right. So when it comes to being a professional athlete, this is something that's very important to you to be able to get to that level for one, um, perhaps uh, more intentionally thought about than a lot of us average folk. Uh, what's your relationship with goals and vision? I mean, I don't think I labeled it vision when I was younger in my athletic days. Um, goals were there for sure. But looking back now, like probably a little delusional to be number one in the world from where I came from. But that was my goal. That was my vision, right? The goals were like week by week, month by month, year by year. And it all under the umbrella to be the best player in the world. Kudos to parents, sponsors, coaches who could have easily like shot me down with that pie in the sky vision. But I think that's what drove me. It wasn't like, oh, I want to be that much more consistent or I want to get my serve five miles an hour faster. Those would be goals, right? Um, but it was the vision. Um, it was that that drove me. I didn't have the words for that when I was that age, but it was more of my dream. That was kind of like how I resonated with it. It was like, hey, what's my dream and what do I want to do? And to be honest, my first aspiration and dream for being a professional athlete was basketball, not, not tennis. Ironically, coaches took that from me. Um, and then followed by not as much ability, but like coaches, I had some rough basketball coaches that kind of took that away and took the joy away from that. Um, and I was able to pivot and expand you know, instead of just being a pro athlete, it was there you know, pro basketball players, pro athlete. And then I followed with tennis and, the rest was history, but um, the dream of being a pro athlete and the vision was what drove me. And then I think because I was so sold out to that, that the goals were just a byproduct of that. And I, I really didn't have any disempowered relationship around goals for a long time, probably not until like well into adulthood. And even that it's usually like a lack of dream or vision that seeps into that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. For me, vision wasn't something that I really, I don't think that I, I don't remember myself really thinking too far ahead except for this is what my parents are doing. This is what they've created. And so this seems like a comfortable, peaceful life, generally speaking. So this is what I want to have. 
Mm. This is what I want to create. That's what I knew. That was in the sphere sphere of my own like consciousness was I respect my parents a lot. They seem to have a good marriage. They seem to be happy and peaceful. And we're not like starving to death or anything like that. Okay, this seems okay. This is this is my vision for my life. And kind of like to your point, the goals fell in line with that. What they were telling me to do, go to school, get some good grades, behave, be a you know, a good citizen of the of, of the world, whatever that meant. Yeah. And on and on, step by step. Okay, cool. I can do that. That's easy, right? And that's what I did. But I wasn't really very aware of the like, no, like regardless of what they did, regardless of what your neighbors did, regardless of anybody else, what do you want for your life? And I think that was such a big question for myself. I didn't really explore it very much. Yeah, if if I if I became a professional basketball player or a professional baseball player, that would have been like ultimate. But that was like so far away that I didn't even really take it seriously. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like I wasn't in a, in a household where they supported support sports in that way where we're going to put you to this camp and and this after after hours training and it's like it wasn't it, that wasn't even a thing. It was it was more like get good grades. Don't mess it up. And just follow these steps and then you'll be like your dad is and you'll retire on your pension on, on, on your pension. Right. Um, that was kind of it, you know? Um, and that leads me to, I think a, an aspect of this goal setting and envisioning is like self self-worth, self-confidence. Yeah. And the, the size of the dream or the vision that you create. Like, I think there's a correlation there. What do you think? Is the correlation for you? Yeah, I'm not, I think I can see it a little clearer now as an adult than when I was a kid. Um, my parents did a pretty good job of having, you know, supporting a high self image and um, shoot almost inflated, um, I guess. Because um, looking at it now, like as a, an adult and being humbled, right, through life's failures and successes right like you almost stop yourself right like oh who am i to want x right whereas as a kid for me i was always like why not like i did i wasn't even in my psychology now i see kids having that like almost like they're like almost i don't say too aware but like thinking about like risk more like there was no risk when i was a kid it was like, go for it. Um, yeah. And I feel like as we get older, maybe it's just a normal thing to become a little more risk adverse. Um, so I think that comes down to self-image, right? Because if you're starting a business or you're pursuing your passion or your dream, yeah, like there's always a risk of failing. But like knowing that you'll be fine no matter what, that that has to come from a, high self-worth, high self-image, and internally, mm-hmm. not from someone else. Because mm-hmm. um, I think we'll stop ourselves from dreaming, quote-unquote, too big if we think less of ourselves. Right. Um, it's like I think my like some of my automatic things come in humble, but I think it's fake humble. 
Links more of like a lower self image or something I should or should say or something. But if I'm just being true to myself, it's like, why wouldn't I dream the biggest? So I think, yeah, I would imagine it would be pretty challenging to have a a huge vision and a huge dream without having a huge self-worth and self-confidence and self-trust. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, like, I, I grew up, especially my mom saying, yeah, you can, you can do whatever you want. You can be whatever you want as long as you apply it. But I wasn't seeing that in my parents. They were saying it, but they weren't necessarily modeling that for me. Because all I could see was the way they were living, which is there's nothing wrong with it. It's just that I, I put a ceiling on myself because of that, mm. you know? And I use that as an excuse to not excel. Well, yeah, if I applied it, I, I can get straight A's if I want it. But uh, it's not worth it. For what? Why do I need straight A's for? You know, I'll just stay a B student type of thing. And that, that translated to, you know, all, all areas of my life. Really? You know? So I think that, that modeling is, is super important. Not just like the words that we say or we hear, but having models of of people in our in our lives that show that show us that that these things are possible but even then like the seeing is believing isn't it is very limiting seeing is believing is very limiting right as opposed to like really intrinsically creating a vision from deep down within ourselves and actually going for it because we just feel so in tune with it and it's part of like who we are regardless of what other people are doing around us yeah well and yeah i mean i think there's a lot of responses to like our parents right like i always looked at how i could be better and my parents did pretty well and seemed pretty happy um but i remember for whatever reason no idea why my well, i grew up in like a townhouse in santa monica like nice area but I always want a house. I have no idea. And and I've owned half a dozen of them now. But I always wanted a house. For whatever reason, as far as I can remember, that's what I wanted. I think because maybe like it was kind of close quarters and I wanted space or something. But I always wanted a house. My parents didn't have a house. They had a townhouse. And I think that was more of a decision they wanted to make. I don't know if it was like forced upon, but in my mind... I saw my parents work hard and get a townhouse, and I always wanted a house. I I don't know what that symbolized. Maybe it symbolized success or whatever, or space. But that was a big thing for me. So kind of looking at what they had and what I wanted. I always wanted more. And, of course, it started out like materialistic, like a house versus townhouse. But then as obviously as I got older... And I, uh, you know, got my first house when I was engaged. I wanted to look, set down roots and have more space. And we wanted multiple kids. But I was an only, like an only child, right? So I think I, I create a scenario where, like, that's where I wanted to go. And maybe that's why I wanted space. So I always said, like, I was the opposite. Like, I wasn't seeing any of the things I wanted. But I, like, believed it. Like, I didn't see the tangible 
outcome to me being a protest player when I declared it. Like, I think I won one tournament. I was like, I want to be a pro tennis player. I was like, well, there's nothing, nothing there. So I've always been that way. And yeah, same with business or rental properties. Like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, none. But I want something that I can't see. I want what that's going to give me and give other people. So I'm, I'm almost like I'm playing for a feeling. And these tangible things are going to create that feeling. Without any like logic or reasoning behind it. And so again, I think even now everything's around the vision and these goals or these tangible things I'm acquiring or achieving are in service of that vision. And I could, I could imagine and. I've experienced this myself too, that when you go to that level of the why, it becomes very, very, you can't help but keep going deeper. Especially when, when you realize that this, like that house or the car or the achievements or the accolades, like why would I even go for that? Because it's not that thing. Right. It's not, it's not the thing that we actually want. It's this energetic feeling or experience that we actually want. And we, we think that that thing is going to help us bring that feeling to ourselves or that experience to ourselves, which is the thing that we actually want. So it's like, okay, I want a house, but not because everybody else has a house, but because of a deeper reason. Okay. So what, what is it then? Right. Okay. Because the house itself isn't light, lighting me up as much, you know, because I know that the house itself isn't the thing. So what is it? And then what is it? What is that? What's behind that? What's underneath that? Right. And until we get down, when we start to get deeper and deeper, then it starts connecting to how we just do everything in life moment to moment, as opposed to trying to quantum leap and skip all these steps and just win the lottery and then all of a sudden buy this huge ass house right yeah there has to be and look there's no right or wrong that's the beauty of this like we all play it differently so i think i've distilled all of the things i've ever wanted materialistic or otherwise and it comes down to connection and experiences so i could and i have done like airbnbs and like had those experiences but like wanting a rental property and a vacation home because I want those experiences whenever I want them and I want them to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. So, and I want legacy and these things can be passed down, right? So these things have all been like into why I want a house or I want connection. I want experiences or what kind of experiences and what kind of connection. And then you, kind of get your flavor, right? And for someone else, they could be like, hey, I want, like we have friends that have experiences where they want to just have a nomadic life. They want to like try all these different things, different cultures, and I love it. And like that's their expression of probably the same thing, experiences and connection. So there's no right or wrong, right? It's just Jeff's flavor or Tatsu's flavor or someone else's full flavor. Mm -hmm. But to your point, it actually becomes more annoying and less fulfilling 
until we get to that. Because owning a house is a pain in the butt. Mm. You know, like a lot of things go wrong. It takes a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of energy. Um, so if you're just doing it for the thing, the thing isn't going to actually give you what you want. Mm -hmm. And you're willing to put up with the nonsense of owning the thing if you are really clear on what's underneath and what that thing is going to help provide you and your family and your friends or whoever, right? Same with traveling, right? Like you can go to Bali, beautiful place, but really annoying to get there. And a lot of red tape and getting visas. And like we could look at both these things and be like, wow, it's awesome to go to Bali. And like what a great experience. And you could also say, well, yeah, it's kind of rough to get there and things you've got to get through. But if you want to experience that, and you are willing to put up with all the things in the way because you're playing for something deeper than a trip to Bali or a vacation home or whatever the thing is. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of people stop halfway through mm -hmm. and they actually revert back to maybe let's say like how do you describe your parents' life? It's like, hey, it's good. It's solid. It's like fine. But it's they probably stopped halfway through, mm -hmm. like knowing your dad and like stuff you share about your dad. Like he's still happy and all that good stuff. But probably at a certain point along the way, he paused to settle for slightly above average, then the swing for amazing. Mm -hmm. And I find a lot of people do that. And look, there's no shame in that whatsoever. But it, it's always interesting to me to, to hear the stories of the people who push past and play this like uncompromising, unrelenting game for like all that they wanted and actually got it. Mm -hmm. So for me, that only happens with a ridiculous why or vision or dream, whatever vocabulary you want to use there. And then you can't you can't actually move that forward without tangible goals. Because mm -hmm. otherwise, it's great. It sounds like an amazing thing, but there's actually no application in the day to day. Right. Like, like your mom said, there's no applying. Right. You can be who you want to be, and yes, first cast the vision, and then you actually have to go like put some sweat equity in there. Right. And that sweat e equity is proof that your why is big enough or your why is deep enough. Yeah. And if you stop halfway and you give up, then obviously your why wasn't deep enough. Cool. Now you've learned. So what is, what is the depth that you need to go in, a, in order for you to, to continue on whatever that vision or dream is? That's something that I think is not fully embodied for a lot of people. Um, even with like a lot of people who's, who set goals that I know of that set, set goals. Um, it takes a long time for them to even get clear on what the goal is. Once they start thinking about it, they're like, you know what? I really didn't want that in the first place, but I put that down on paper when we first talked or whatever. Right. Yep. No, it's like, it takes a lot of thought, a lot of understanding of, like who we are outside away, you know, not comparing ourselves with anybody else, but who we are. And that's a challenge in itself because of all that conditioning runs so deep. 
it's so it, it influences us so much but to be able to separate ourselves from that as much as possible that from there you can birth something unique and and special from from within ourselves that bigger vision and and then there's a challenge of how you know what we don't know we don't know so you know to go even p- push past what we know is another challenge but that's okay as long as we're moving moving with with a deep why right yeah and i think that's the thing and also re- being able to reinvent that right that that might change as we grow adapt evolve in life and different stages in our lives and, and also like you're you're enrolling people in this vision yeah you know like because if you're around naysayers the whole time that might slow you down or take away your dream Oop. so you know the power of like who are you associating with is everyone aligned in that are you bringing people up to your vision are you partnering with people to help you with your vision as a key thing I don't think anyone does great things alone. So are we mindful of that, right? Um, Because it does take some adaptability. Um, And I think staying true to your vision and your why is super important. But being unattached to how you get there is also important. Yeah. So this whole goal setting visioning thing is way bigger than what we're led to believe it's not just about you sitting down making some kind of vision board and doing your affirmations there are so many pieces involved with this even like a a relationship itself to have to be on the same page walking the same direction for decades that takes a lot of effort in itself a lot of alignment in itself, right? Yeah, and realignment. And realignment as we grow and change. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, again, I, you know, it's really easy to make like, all right, I'm going to lose 10 pounds in 10 weeks, and that's how I'm going to do it, right? I don't think that's difficult to create. Now, it might be a little challenging to, to apply that and to actually create results, but I think it's actually a disservice to start midway through that process. I gotta look at it as like, start on the biggest macro vision and, you know, dwindle it down. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if it's a, I don't know, let's call it a seven layer dip, right? Um, well, you start with layers two and one, it's like, okay. But what happens when that's not enough? Mm-hmm. You don't have anything else to go to. You don't have anything to expand the vision or expand what you're doing. But if you can start with the biggest expansion and work your way down to like, all right, what's the, what's the way to imply this or, you know, exemplify this now or this week or this month, what's my expression? You can lean on those macro levels. I think too many people do the opposite and they start in that, you know, six and seven layer dip and then wonder why it doesn't work mm-hmm. right but what we keep why we keep jumping from thing to thing yeah or relationship to relationship relationship to relationship right so yeah. did, 
Enjoy it. Yeah, man. Vision, visioning, man, it, it's an art. It's an art form. So that if, would take lifetimes to master if yeah. there is even a possibility of mastering it, you know? And I think it's not even mastering. I think it's like being aligned with who you are today and then checking in on that consistently and knowing when you need to realign. Um, but again, I think a lot of people have some kind of gray vision, like to be a good person. It's like, okay, sounds good. Just bring it on like a homework card. But like, what does that actually mean for you? And why? Mm-hmm. And service of what, right? So, you know, again, people hearing this and, you know, this is not your typical goal setting podcast episode. You know, what, what can someone take on either to, you know, to a deep dive into their own vision or goals, or maybe they don't even have a crystallized vision or dream, what would you say that they could take on? Um, I, this suggestion may not fall into the typical standard procedure of goal setting envisioning, but whatever conflicts you have within you, whatever distortion, start to clean that up. Start to make peace with that. Purify yourself in that sense. Not from like sin versus not sin, but purify that that conflict. What are you fighting within yourself? Because as long as you're fighting within yourself, that that fighting, that conflict is going to perpetuate outside and it's going to distort whatever thing that you think you're wanting, wanting to create or envision. So like back to the basics, start to bring more continuity more alignment within yourself yes how about you yeah i would just get curious like spend some time just really pondering like why you're doing the things you're doing and what you're actually playing for so i don't know if you go to the gym or you you're eating healthier or you're um reading like whatever the thing is like really get clear on like why what's the meaning behind it and then what's the meaning like what is that meaning in service of for you and you'll find some commonalities like a lot of it will be in service of the same thing or same things and then you know asking yourself like hey if i was living my best life meaning i wasn't holding myself back for any reason how would i express this and see where that takes I love that man there's so much like quote unquote pre-work that I think is important and I think you'd agree to be done before we actually get into the creative space of you know freedom of travel and freedom of time and and all of this like there's so much pre-work that at least a foundational amount of work that needs to be done in order for us to authentically create that vision. Because otherwise, it's, there's going to be a stop in the future. And we're going to be like, why are we doing this? I'm not. I'm still not fulfilled. I'm still not happy. No doubt. Yeah. No. I like it. I like it. Cool. Where can the peeps find us? You can find us. All of our links are in the show notes. Uh, follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook jeffmillercoaching.com you could hear us on all of the streaming platforms um so please share like comment subscribe uh, and keep sending us 
ideas for for our discussions here. And we'd love to hear from you. Thank you for your support always. Yeah, man. All right, my brother. See you on the next one. Until the next one. Thank you for checking out this episode of Button Downs and Basketball Shorts. And if you got some value today, please subscribe and share. And we'll see you on the next one.